to episode five, season two of In Size, brought to you by ITS and the Dodgers Sevens. My name is Tom Harbour, joined by Sarah Neal and JK. Of course, it's Mr. Andy Deacon. How are you this evening, Andy? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, in these mad times, but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of like cracking on. Yeah, thanks very much for coming on the show. So uh, we'll just start, obviously, probably start, best place to start your career. Um, so what sort of got, got you involved in the sport to start with? Uh, well, I never picked up, well, unlike most youngsters these days, sort of thing, I never <coughs> actually picked up a rugby ball until I was about 12, 13, sort of thing. And um, it, when I went to secondary school, and uh, the, the PE master there was a guy called John Simonette, and he was actually uh, the current number 80 at Gloucester at the time, sort of thing. So we, uh, he, you know, he, he was really into his rugby and he pushed it, and we sort of like, really had a great side, you know, going through all, you know, all of the school then, sort of thing. So it was, it was a good, uh, starting point from me and then from there uh my friends um who, who uh, live locally in long levens they, they went to long levens rugby club straight after that sort of thing 12 13 and then we started playing for them for the junior section they was quite initi- their initiative at the time really because it wasn't sort of like everyone in the world then didn't have um you know junior sections like they got now sort of thing so it was quite unique at that time and um locally they were you know they were out there doing it so we joined there in as I say, sort of the, the rest is history. So I went from long level to Gloucester um, and ended up playing 15, 16 years and 300 odd games for Gloucester. Yeah. So, How did that come about then? Going from, you know, you know well, yeah. straight to Gloucester, really? It's pretty unspectacular these days, really, sort of thing, because yeah. you know, the, now you go through academies and all, and, and you know, you're headhunting maybe, and you maybe put in place or go through a school and stuff like that, and D- DPP and stuff, and all the different like avenues there are. But in it was the the coach at the time at Eleven's thought I was good enough to sort of you know get a game there, and um, literally rocked up in pre-season, <laughs> and then you 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 trained all pre-season, and uh, at the end of it, there's a there's a Reds versus. Yellows game and, it, and it's just like World War Three, really sort of thing. If you get, <laughs> if you if you get if you can get through that, then you sort of like half a chance. And then in those days again, there was Gloucester and then there was Gloucester United. So there's two fixture lists of fifty odd games each. Wow. So yeah, uh, you would get so, out these days, would you? No, God no, no. And you 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 then sort of you. I played for Gloucester United for a few games. Then I went back to the 11s because I couldn't get a game. Then, you know, I fluctuated between the two for about 18 months. And then, um, you know, I finally used to go. Then they used to send you to Wales on a Wednesday to play Pontypool in Cardiff and all the boys down all the clubs down there sort of thing. That's always and a then, tough game, isn't it? That's always yeah, a tough and game. And again, if you got through that sort of thing, you were, you were, you were, on the, you were another step of the ladder, really. And then yeah. you, you then the... The, the main aim then was to get a, a, a game for Gloucester in the Saturday side. Mm. And then luckily I progressed to that and, uh, you know, played all my, well, my, my career at Gloucester was in two, in two halves, really. It was in amateur and, and professional. sort of like mm. uh, seven years of amateur and eight years of professional or, yeah, yeah just over. So, um, yeah, I was, I was lucky in that respect. Again, the transition from amateur to uh, professional is... Was you know it was a difficult one when there's a lot of people around you wasn't making it and there wasn't you know you knew you paid yeah. for and they were your friends because they were all yeah. local lads and yeah. the game was changing when that professionalism kicked in. 
Yeah, I was gonna, I, that was one thing I was going to ask that change because obviously you were there at the turn of the time. What was what was the major changes that you saw? Was it just there was more money being pumped, pumped in? So Creating pay pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked, I was at Whitbread at the time, and I was a drainer sort of thing. And uh, yeah, well, I, I loved my job. Um, you know, I had it. Uh, you know, I had young kids and stuff like that. I had the support, and um, and so I. I Luckily, I, my career went to when I finished when I was thirty nine, sort of thing. So I had a lot. I had a long wow. stint at it, and uh, I never turned professional until I was thirty. Mm -hmm. So you know, I had a decision to make, and you, at that time, because of my age, um, you, you, they said, you know, we can offer a year, and you, you, you had to take it or leave it, really, because everybody had to be professional. You couldn't be there so like part time. You had to be there yeah. full time. Right. So yeah, I just took the plunge and. After that, I had eight more contracts year on year on year on year. Sort of thing too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so what was it? So what? One day you just turned around and said, "Yep, yeah, I'm going professional," and then you just right. next day you packed in your job. Or again, again, people ask me this question. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot. It, it was mm. again completely and out of the blue. Really, this this you know the game going open. There was talk yeah. about it. It wasn't sort of like you know like it is now. It wasn't sort of like out there as it. Let's say if it was on BT Sport or something like that. You know. It, it, People wasn't talking about it, and literally yeah. a week before it happened, so this could be a possibility. Could you sort of do it? Uh, could yeah. you ask your em employer? And I said, I'll, I'll ask. And they said, yeah, um, <laughs> on a sabbatical, I actually, I was, I, I could have gone on one a sabbatical, but um, I, I, I didn't. I never went back to Whitreds, but um, mm. and you know, because uh, my family and they supported me, and then again, you know, we went for it. And yeah, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was, it was a life changing decision. Mm. It's mad to think of the transition in, in sorry, Tom, it's mad to think of the track yeah. like you mentioned there that back in the day, obviously, you know, you didn't have rugby all over the telly, you didn't have BT Sport, yeah. there was only bloody three to four channels. And, um, you know, and the only thing, no, you know, being a local lad myself, the only way you'd find out about rugby in the area is the Pinkin. You know, you get a little magazine once a week and find out stuff like that. Do you think that, um, do you think that rugby is going to keep going the way of, not the way of football, because that's just ridiculous, but do you see there being more money going into rugby? Because I think with this COVID recently, I think rugby has certainly struggled, um, certainly championship down. I mean, even premiership clubs with everything going on. Do you, do you see longevity in rugby? Do you see any issues? I, I see the longevity in it. I, I just see, you know, it's like life, isn't it, sort of thing. You know, um, I sell sportswear for Raging Bull as a living sort of thing. So, you know, What's it going to look like afterwards? You know, we hope yeah. that you know the uptake is going to be massive because people want to get back to it, sort of thing. And so we're going to see a you know a good upturn in sales. You know, which yeah. is much needed at the moment, sort of thing. But um, yeah. I, I think you know every 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 aspect of of life may be slightly different, and and rugby will be no different from that as well. I think yeah. you know will there be big money being thrown around like that before, like marquee signings and stuff like that? But there's a lot yeah. to discuss and. I think ultimately um, it's the survival of the sport. That's what they're in at the moment. I think TV, you know, is a massive player in that. You know, as it is in football, you know, you, you, the, you know, the the actual competition has got to take place, and you've got to, you know, finish the competition um, to get your money. So that is that's important as well. I think you know, I, I'm in turn an optimist sort of thing that yeah, you hope that. You know, when you come back out of it, it you become back out of it a bit stronger. I think it may take a while. I don't think, like I said, I don't think the money will be about like it was. And I think there'll yeah. be a lot of energy and a lot of emphasis on academies and, and like in Gloucester at the moment, they're trying to put a lot of 
you know, time and effort into young lads coming through and, yeah. and local lads as well, which is encouraging. So, you know, that, that could be a positive from it, especially at Gloucester point of view anyway. But fact is, it's, you know, it, it is unknown really. Um, mm. But if they can get through it as it is with eight craves right now, and then when the grave craves do come back, then you'd, you'd like to think, you know, yeah. that they've turned the corner then. You oh, see the jumping at the bit to get watching rugby again, aren't they? I mean, I think <laughs> I don't know about yourself. I'd watch an ant race an ant down the street right now just to get my sports fix. I'm really struggling, uh, you yeah. know, not yeah. to go to games and stuff and be in the shed and give some crap to it to the opposition. But go, yeah. going back to your career, obviously that you mentioned, um, you know, played for Gloucester over 300 football, 305 uh, uh, games for Gloucester. Um, you're obviously captain as well uh, for quite an extended period. There must be a a certain game or a moment that really sticks in your mind, really, you know, stands out for you. Is there, is there a game or, or a moment where... Uh, I think the defining game that everybody speaks to me about sort of thing, that I've got pictures in my hallway sort of, you know, in my house, uh, you know, was when I lifted the Paris Jane Cup with my son Oliver sort of thing. You know, that, that was the one that... Um, that defines me really uh, as after a long career sort of thing, fighting to win some, we've only won, won some. And then around that period, we were actually a few trophies sort of thing, you know, and that same season, we was the only club to win the league and not actually win the, win the, um, that was the first year. When we I got, was, there, I we was in wait, watching it. Yeah. We had to <laughs> yeah. wait three weeks to play Wasp. We got smashed uh, in the grand final. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, prior to that, you know, we, you know, beating Northampton, um, well, I noticed in one of the other podcasts that Gomez was, you know, in, uh, yeah. you know, he, he, he played in that side with me, sort of thing. So, yeah. you know, that was that was a very that was the best side I played with the Gloucester, sort of thing. That was the probably, yeah. you know, the, the importance of the game as well, sort of thing. You know, I played in the European Cup semi final sort of thing, playing grand finals. So, but you know, actually winning it as well. So it was, yeah. you know, it was fantastic. There's seventy-two thousand people in there, and you know, it was. Wow. The colour, the noise, and I'm talking the ground staff. You know, after the game, sort of thing, uh, when we were just having a beer out on the pitch, and you know, they yeah. they said they've been at Twickenham for a very long time, and they they've never seen nothing like that at that, that yeah. time, sort of thing. And uh, yeah, it, that was, it was especially to have Oliver and my son there, sort of thing. He also plays at Long Levens. It, it was yeah. a very proud moment. That's it. It's the, you know, those, those memories stand the test of time, don't they? And uh, you know, I'm sure uh, Dom will remember the score. Dom Dom lives uh, not far from Northampton. I think uh, he sort of. Is the is this sort of second supported club? <laughs> yeah, but what year? Yeah, but what year was that? Uh, two thousand, two thousand three. Yeah, just about to say. Yeah, I, was only, like, I was like, I was like five years old. All right, don't rub it in. Do not rub it in. Don't <laughs> <laughs> maths, Neil. So obviously, looking at kind of current Gloucester, obviously we look, we've looked at how the team were back then. They're, they're having a bit of a shaky start to the season. Do you think? What, what do you think is going on there? Is it the, the current situation or do you think the other teams are really pumped something in that's different or well, what's going on? I, I think we could talk, well, do a whole podcast on the <laughs> sort of thing, let alone... Oh, trust me, Neil definitely could. Neil definitely could. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to get, you know, Warrior Hair at the, at the moment of it, Gloucester is sort of like into, you know, five minutes is difficult. But um, I think they, yeah, the, the George Gibbonson they got in there and, you know, Alex King and... In, 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 the young, you know, uh, coaches that they coaching team, the English coaching team that they got in there. I think that's the way to go. I think, I think, you know, I was, I was speaking to George Gibbonton. He's a, he's an honest, hardworking guy, and he knows it. Yeah. And what he wants, and yeah. but it's going to take time. Gloucester. This is not the problem. Is is not this problem? What Gloucester got currently is not George Gibbonton's problem. This problem's no. created some 12, 12, 15 years ago when sort of like. 
different managers or different CEOs, different um, directors of rugby came in, came in, three years gone, three years, another one came in, another two years gone, three years. And they, they've never had anyone sort of through the professional era that is, is sort of like being there stable for a long period of time. And in, in sport, you know, you look at anything that's been successful, someone's been there for a long time, you know, Baxter, Exeter, he, he's the, you know, he's the leading light in the game sort of thing. And, you know, the model that he, he does it sort of thing, you know, they're trying to put that. I think, you know, I was talking to George Skimmington and they're, they're trying to definitely um, copy that or mirror that in, in some elements with sort of about the community, being attached to the community. Um, he, he would like a big type five that are big, that are bruising, that will dominate opposition. Mm. And he's sort of like then his game plan will start from there. And you can see that with the signings that he's made. I think he's been astute in the market so far. Um, yeah. But, mm. you know, it takes time. You know, he, you know, he was employed in COVID. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he, he was the only guy that's been employed in COVID. <laughs> And yeah. they're still in COVID now, period, sort of thing. And, you know, some weeks he doesn't have anybody in. You know, it, it's been so disjointed. It's been difficult for him. And, yeah. you know, whatever happens to with Gloucester, you've got to stick with these people now, I think. That, that's, yeah. that's, that would be my party line. That, I wrote a column in the local paper, Deeks Week, sort of thing. And uh, I was talking about, about, you know, this week, exactly about this subject, that it's pointless just sort of like ripping it up and start again. Because it, it will not matter. You know, it's, no. it's all about reading a culture that is right and making sure that the people that they sign buy into that culture sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, Danny Cipriani is a fantastic player. You know, he won games with Gloucester single-handedly, but also on the, on the flip side of it, he lost games with Gloucester as well sort of he's, thing. He's, but, he's a loose cannon at times. That's yeah, sure. yeah, well, yeah I was, definitely. I was going to mention, Sips, in the sense of what, what, what do you think, in your personal opinion, happened there? Do you think it was just a falling out between him and the... I don't think it was a falling out so much. I, I, I think it was more to do with sort of like even though Skivington and Cipriani are friends sort of thing, and uh, you know, and all, I think it was just because because Cipriani wants to be such a focal point of most things, what's going on on the field, yeah. off the field, and have a massive input into it. I believe that they've just come to a position where you know that the Gloucester's game it was going to be a bit more pragmatic. It's going to be a bit more direct, and and it's not going to be a bit like loose. And you know uh, Cipriani having the the run of the show that Ackerman get him, gave him, and yeah. I think it was really came to that. And I think in his personal life, he's had some issues as well, sort of thing leading up to it last mm. the end of last year. And I think you know they said that they they split amicably, and I, I believe that they do. And yeah, but I yeah. think it's just a difference of opinion in in play rather than. There's no doubt in Cipriani, sort of, you know, on front, on front ball, on front foot ball, that he, he can he can hurt anyone, sort of thing. But, oh, um, I mean, he, you know. unbelievable! I mean, some of the best rugby I've seen, you know, creative attacking rugby came from him. But like you say, it can go one of two ways. You know, he can right. look like brilliant. He's made a blooming three man miss pass and scored a try, or he's tried a three man miss pass and an intercept or whatever. But it was the fact that he was there, willing to try it. It was just exciting, you know, to yeah. see the, the yeah. rugby we were playing. You know, being a Gloucester fan all my life, it's it was you know really yeah. buzzing to see. see I that think like, Skivington's going to go back to the core foundations of what Gloucester is about. That he's going to go yeah. back to the big prac. He, he, that's what he wants, and he's going to go to a nine and ten. That's going to put it put him in position, and they're yeah. going to be very sort of like territory orientated, big, mm. big big guys running the big guys. Which some say, well, you know, but is that where they go? But I think that wins your games. It wins you more games than it loses. You know, and yeah. then if if he get he, he if he gets to that point then, 
And then as time goes on, hopefully, like we talked about in the COVID and stuff like that, and the finances are right, he will be able to put a bit more stardust in it to um yeah, you know, to well, I think even so the back line's uh the back line's pretty star studded as it is to be oh, fair. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, and people say about Gloucester as well, that if you look at Gloucester on paper, they've mm. got a good side. Yeah, they, they, but I think you know something. You know, I think that there ain't nine ten sort of like Ackerman. Sort of they, you know, I don't, I don't think Joe Simpson's the, the pair he was. The mm. Chapman, the younger guy there, sort of thing. And then you got Lloyd Evans and, and blow him. Yeah. You got Tom Barton, sort of thing. He was, he was sort of nineteen twenty. So mm. he's he's short in those areas. They, I think they're missing the pair they miss is Willie Irons uh, massively, massively. The, and the other pair that they miss is Ben Morgan at eight. Yeah, he yeah, can make yeah. it, you know. Then you got Willie Irons at, at, at nine, and then it, it, if you have that more sort of like go forward off an eight off a, off a pickup, then it does give the Lloyd Evans a bit more time and a better pass off Irons. Then it give, like, again gives it more time, and then at the end of the day, you you, you would see a better Evans as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that eight nine axis at the moment is is, is where the where the issue is. Mm. Yeah, nice. It's interesting. Tell you what, that's got to be the most in-depth and knowledgeable answer we've ever had on this <laughs> podcast. I was about to say, that's good. Sorry. good. We've do you mean it's boring there? <laughs> no, no. Honestly, I just it's amazing to hear you actually talk like that. Like someone to talk like that. I think it's uh, I think it's bloody great. Yeah, Neil good, obviously you. loved it as well because he's a yeah. one of the biggest Gloucester fan. <laughs> I've never, I didn't yeah. know he was a Gloucester fan. I've never heard him talk about Gloucester ever. Have you not? <laughs> no, no. Never heard him mention the shed once. <laughs> I think I've mentioned right, it every shed. podcast. I think I've got it to every single one of them. Um, right, okay. Like, so, go on then, Neil. You carry no, on. No, I was just going to ask, you mentioned the shed, JK, so I thought I might as well ask a question about it. <laughs> <laughs> the first Wait, time... Can I, guess, can I guess what the, the shed question can is? Be, I know. The experience, obviously, being in the shed, you know, it can be very fickle. You know, one week you're having the game of your life and the whole shed's chanting your name. The next week, they could be absolutely slating you or that sort of thing. It, you know, we spoke to a lot of guests that play for different clubs and a lot of them, without me having to prompt it, and you guys will have to admit this, have said that Gloucester's one of the worst, as an away player, Gloucester's one of the worst stadiums to play at because you get a lot of shit from the shed. In your opinion, what was the worst ground you were played, you ever played at in, in that sense, like where you knew you were going to get some shit today? Yeah, yeah. Any, any grain in France and say the France sort of right. thing, and, yeah. and, and, you, you're going to get it. You get, you know, you, you could get spat out, you could get sort of something thrown at you. Exactly. You'll get, you know, um, I, I presume they was foil language, but didn't actually understand it. But it, it seemed, <laughs> and, the, and the people who were shouting it, it didn't look very happy. Um, <laughs> you know, anywhere in, in, in Wales, like that, they, yeah. they, they all sort of like give you a bit of beef, um, you know, <laughs> locally, anywhere, sort of in Coney or Matson, anywhere like that, yeah, <laughs> you're going to come yeah. up against it, sort of thing. So, you know, and I've done, I've done all the levels. So, yeah, it's it's a case of again that makes you player that you are. If 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 you, if you can put up with it and, and operate in different environments to the best of your ability, then that makes you sort of like you know the yeah bit better than the player that can, I guess. And, yeah, yeah. You, know, you always, don't get me wrong, you always went into places with trepidation, but as soon as you sort of like crossed the white line, you were sort of like, you seemed all okay, like, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of, you know, even, you know, when you, like, say you play, again, you know, 30, 40,000, 60,000 people sort of thing, it, mm. and people say you lose it, you do lose the noise, you do, because you, yeah. it's, it's a weird thing, sort of thing. And then, say there's an injury, and then it stops. And then the crowd like that, then you sort of like come kind of step about because you just take your foot off the gas a bit, sort of thing with the concentration. And then yeah. you, you can oh you can just feel it and enjoy it. 
going back to that Parajane Cup final, we, when you know you're going to win a game, mm. yeah, and, and and you're playing the game, yeah. that is a lovely feeling. And Brilliant. we we was we we sort of like put a few on Northampton, and you knew, you know, 15 minutes out, you're going to win this game. Yeah, and then you you then started to like really enjoy it sort of thing, and you could you could then just enjoy the crowd a bit more sort of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Firstly, when you you know you're going to lose and, and you're getting a bit of bird as well, that's, that's you got to take it and suck it That's up. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, being in, I generally was in the crowd that day as well. It was a brilliant day. I can't remember much after half time, if I'm completely honest with you. We <laughs> drunk a 24 crate each before we got there. We had to finish each? them before coming in. Oh, that's such a we lie. That is such a in. lie. They let, no, they wouldn't let us oh, take eyebrows. We were drinking from nine in the morning. We travelled from Gloucester, so drinking on a coach from nine in the morning all the way up there. And we probably had, probably had about 10 cans left each when we got there. We had to neck them. Just because they wouldn't let us come in with the cans, so yeah, oh, yeah. Just, you, had, yeah. you had to neck him. So can you with remember the, the final and score? Here, and, and here we and here we see things like what was the happened. final score? Did you say, Dom? It was forty twenty-two, mate. Is that what it was? Dom, go and do a fact check. That's a good question. I can find out. It's, it's on my wall in the hall. I, can't, I look at it every day. <laughs> I've still got the ticket stub somewhere at my mum's. <laughs> I used to save. I used to save all the ticket stubs. The matches I used to go to. I used to go to Gloucester with my grandpa and stand in the shed as well every every week. Was, uh, that's one of the fondest memories as a kid, and that's what got me hooked in rugby. We need to do it. We need to do a drinking game every single time the shed gets mentioned by Neil on our podcast. We'd have to take a shot. We'd be, oh, man, got yeah. Yeah. Tag. I got some orange here. That racing. Coming back to uh, present day, obviously back what? where it all started. How did that come about? How's things now? Obviously, um, yeah. I, I left. I, I left Gloucester, um, and uh, uh, from Gloucester, I went to Cinderford. Uh, uh, one of my good friends, Pete Lamville, who's, who's been a Gloucester captain, he's a teammate of me at Gloucester. He was great to rugby there, and and I, I was sort of like finished with it, really, as in sort of like playing and stuff like that. They had a bit of an injury crisis. They said you fancy a game, sort of thing. So um, I, I went up to the Cinderford and. <coughs> Again, sort of like um, 10 years later, I walked back in the door sort of thing. So um, I was like player, player, coach, coach, director of rugby. So I pretty much did it all there. Um, you know, with with a great side, we got, we've got promoted into National One, where they are now for the first time in their history, whilst we was there. So that was a great achievement. And then, uh, yeah, then after that, um, I went to Sirencester um, and I had five years at Sirencester. Uh, that was topsy turvy. We got promoted, got um, got relegated as well, sort of thing twice. Uh, real transitional period at the club at the time with players and stuff like that. A whole raft of players left, a lot of youngsters, sort of thing. But yeah, they, they dug in well, enjoyed a nice time. At, sorry, I enjoyed it, sort of thing. It's a different yeah. uh, Gloucester as well, sort of thing. It's a different aspect, is you know, a way of looking at it as well, which mm. makes some good guys. And then, but I just had a, I think I came to my end at Siren where you know the guys wanted someone new. I wanted a new challenge, sort of thing. And and it, well, we we parted very amicably, sort of thing. And um, so I, and that, there was an opportunity there for me at um, at Long Evans. And I thought, you know, I'm 55 now, sort of thing. So I'm not going to get many more opportunities to do it. And I want to do it when I was young enough to sort of like you know to put me everything into it. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah, and an old chairman there, well, sort of thing. My brother's played 500 games for Long Levens. My son's a current player at Long Levens. My nephew, Martin, he's playing as well, sort of thing. So it is a bit of a family affair. In the, nice, but, nice. but like Skimmington, um, I've only been at Long Levens in COVID. So yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. as yet, it's, um, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a, 
uh, a, well, not a struggle, but it's just been a bit different. And you you, do, you can't do what you want to do, basically. That's that's the bottom line with it all. Have you had to adapt sort of um, digitally? Have you taken, are you giving the lads tasks to do and stuff whilst they're in lockdown on like Zoom? No, no, yeah. I, I keep thinking that because it's in the groups and stuff like that. I try to spark a conversation sort of thing with them, but it, it generally always goes back to sort of like a drinking game or a fight or sex. So... <laughs> Uh, it, it, it never sort of like you know uh, when I'm watching Gloucester I, I put out questions what do you think of that decision and somehow they twist it back range with a bit of banter or something <laughs> so I, I yeah um, but I, I'm actually yeah I think when when it's like this it's so difficult um, to engage you know when, when we was actually you know, we trained all the way through this where was, every time we could we train sort of thing and mm. we always had 35 plus players sort of thing you know once one night we had 58 players so you know we was actually flying but you know if there was one time you you needed a season to start it was this one yeah sort of thing. and yeah. and it, it didn't happen i don't think it's gonna happen again and then i arranged with other clubs like a cluster league with um local clubs and that, that was all set up that was ready to go uh, which is meant to start this saturday again obviously that's been pulled but um we, we might get a few games in at the end i know mm. but I'm not too sure. Yeah. Well, it's tough times, isn't it? I mean, it, it must be really challenging having to like adapt and things like that and try and keep players yeah. fit and motivated, I suppose. Have you had any players go to other sports? I mean, I know players that have literally just stopped playing rugby, <coughs> JK, and um, gone to different whoa, 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 sports whoa, 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 whoa. altogether. Well, I have not stopped playing rugby. I have just changed my focus slightly for now. I will okay. always be a rugby player. So what, JK? What is your focus on then? So I'm currently doing MMA. So my professional state, if you really want to know, because Neil gladly brought I There yeah, you go. My professional status. You're MMA. not angry I brought this up though, are you, JK? No. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm now classed as a professional MMA fighter currently. So. Oh, good. Yeah. It's really helped me during COVID because the training is slightly different within, within the gym normally. It's two metres distance, but we've got the pad, we've got the bag there, we're indoors. Yeah. We've got a teacher, and we can get on with it. During lockdown, it's kept my me focused because otherwise I'd be screwed. Because it was two days a week is not enough for me. <laughs> it's really not. So obviously, I've still then got the gym that I can go Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and I've lost three stone in that time, and I'm probably fitter now than I've ever been because I've left. That, I've changed my focus slightly. I'll always be a rugby player. Rugby. I've been rugby for twenty one years. Yeah, twenty one years now. I don't think I'll ever stop playing rugby. Otherwise, I'd probably die. But it has helped me. Mm. Good. Well, go, uh, have you had to sort of try and convince players not to not to give up rugby? No, no I think no, because like I said, uh, you know, we had a you know a good uptake. You know what I mean yeah. um, for the last lockdown again. So I think you know the players there was, and I mean, I've been talking to players, ex players, and stuff like that. Mm. But it's a case of I think I think rugby players. When there's no rugby, they are, they accept it sort of thing because they have to. There's no other way. It's yeah, there's difficulty sort of thing. And but I'm always sort of thinking, like, you know, in the group and stuff like that. When it goes into lockdown, I'm mindful of saying that you know, if anybody wants any help, you know, mentally and stuff like that, or if it's financial or if there's food or, or anything like that sort of thing, they they can always private message me and and mm. the club for sure. We'll, we'll do their good. best. We'll, we'll do their best to sort of help them out. Obviously, keep obviously getting to keep fit. I'm guessing you've got plan. You've planned out the fitness and say, look, if you need, if you want to carry on, this is yeah, what we're yeah. Again, sort of like we got a gym at the club, sort of thing. So they, you know, you used to be able to use the gym if you know in certain tiers, sort of thing, which that was good. Um, you know, 
you know, you say about training sort of thing from the last lockdown in March, you know, I, I was, my longevity in rugby, I believe, was through that. I, I trained well. I, I love yeah. training. I enjoy training for a prop forward as well. And I quite like running, you know, which is, you know, this is not sort of like fashionable to say if you're a prop, but it is sort of thing. But it, it was, yeah, it was. And, but, and I was half about being good nick all the way through. And I think that's what kept me to the age I went. And then yeah. I went through a period where, you know, uh, I played National One Rugby until I was 44. So wow. I actually sort of, I went wow. through a period of like, I, of not training and I didn't do anything. And I, I, I topped the stones at sort of 20 stone, do you know what I mean? And, and it was, it was getting out of hand. Like, and, and, and so in March, um, when the first lockdown came, I said to my son sort of thing, um, you know, I, I want to do something like, and I, I've lost a stone an hour. Mm. I, I go out every other day, 5k runs. And that's my bag now. That's what I do, and I'm in a in a in a groove of doing it, sort of thing. And yeah. I feel totally different from it. You know, I really do because yeah. I, I, I my, like my son now. He bangs out 10k for you know for fun, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. and he's done half a marathon, and he's just trail running and all the rest of it. But mm. I, and he says to come with him to a bit longer, sort of thing. But mm. I, I think my body will stand 5k because that's what it does, sort of thing, and it just keeps me at that level, and I can just do it. And I go yeah. on the same run and, you know, he thinks I'm nuts because we keep going on the same run and just doing the same thing. But <laughs> that's that's how I am and that's how I enjoy it sort of thing. So, yeah. And I've encouraged the guys to do that as well. That's, you know, just to go and stuff like that. If it's walking, if, you know, some of the bigger lads and stuff like that, then, um, you know, just get out and, and well, you mentioned as much as, as you want. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned, sorry, you mentioned walking there. I wanted to try and almost interject there. Um Obviously, you, we uh, promote mental health awareness with Dodger Sevens yeah, um, heavily. Um, you obviously did a, a walk for mental health awareness and to raise funds recently. Yeah. T- tell us a little bit about that. Who was that for? What was the, what was the yeah, thing? It came, it came. Um, I, I met a guy at Sirencester. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, he was um, a grenadier, a guardsman sort of thing. And he came out and um, he was, yeah. Uh, he was having a mental health issue sort of thing and I met him a couple of times and would say you know he was a good guy he's a friendly guy he's on the booze yeah. we had a crack like you know like in a rugby club as mm. everyone does and um, yeah but then he, was, he started posting things <laughs> about mental health sort of thing that he was sort of like you know he was um, attempting suicide or tried to attempt you know, attempt to try to attempt suicide and, and one of his best friends two of his best friends died in, in the forces of suicide as well sort of thing so it was all going off and then one day he was posted, oh, I'm going to do um, a 27-mile walk for his um, mm-hmm. his friend who yeah. passed away. And uh, he said, you know, if anybody out there wants to you know, help or whatever. And uh, that day, I just said, yeah. So, you know, I just private messaged him saying, yeah, when do you want to go? I'll come with you sort of thing. And I got some. I got some T-shirts done from Raging Bull, which is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we set up a shop, a little online shop for him sort of thing, yeah. which raised a bit more money. And then from the from the phone call on a Monday to the following Wednesday and just a bit after that. So we walked 27 miles and it's a case about walking tour sort of thing. It's that, you know, about a mental health sort of thing, which we did. Um, and it was, it was brilliant and it's pretty relaxed and exactly what they wanted sort of thing. And then asked me to be a slightly bit of ambassador for it as well. So, and what I try to do is raise funds for people sort of like, um, it's like disabled, you know, where you got first aiders, but first yeah. aiders who's qualified in mental health in the workplace. That's, so that's, they, they, that's, yeah. well. <laughs> that's our, yeah, that's our 2021 ambition and mantra. 
yeah to, so uh, that that is yeah. that is what they're trying to do sort of thing and um and and they have done and then in well just right, in nine days um we raised three thousand quid wow, wow. So, um, awesome yeah and uh and then yeah it's absolutely brilliant i mean i cut the points afterwards and you know and it was it was really good fun and, and you know yeah. and we've kept in touch now and you know they want me to do this sort of mental health course sort of thing but I don't think I'm quite ready for that right now, and and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't for me right now. I'm not saying I won't do it, sort of thing. But it was, yeah. you know, they're cool about that, and and it was just a case of when you're ready, they would like me to do it. And every opportunity I got to talk about it, then I do, sort of thing. And that's yeah, it's similar, to what we're, it's similar to what we're trying to do here at my uh, inside Dodger Sevens. Uh, both of them, obviously, you guys are doing it in the workplace. One of the big things that we're seeing is a lot of rugby clubs don't have the skill sets or the facilities. Uh, an amateur level to do that so yeah it's definitely the same as Dom was saying for 2021 it's the big for for us that we're going to be raising yeah. funds this year to do yeah. it uh, to te- put coaches and um, committee members or staff members within the clubs through that kind of first aid uh, because especially now more than ever yeah. I, I mentioned it before my, my mental health was going to I would have probably exploded not going to mm-hmm. lie enough so that's why I, I do regular fortnightly check-ins with these lads and I, I do an eight-hour drive every two weeks. First thing I do is say, right, my line's open for eight hours. Mm. Call me. And mm. it's that sort of thing that I think a lot more clubs are needing, mm. and um, especially now more than ever. So that's definitely along the lines of what we're looking to do. So if you want to raise funds... <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. But I, you- also, on that, I think like when it, one thing I noticed about coaching, especially out of the, out of the professional game then, and I see, obviously, of course, to, to the professional game, but sort of like within the community, you know, back in the old school days when the coaches used to bark at you and stuff like that, and and, and call you all the names of the son, and you didn't think nothing of it. But in today's sort of um, use, or the, you know, I don't think I don't think they're more sensitive. It's just because they're, I think they're just more aware of it, or coaches got to be yeah. more aware of it that yeah. they can't talk to people like that anymore because, yeah, you know. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I can lose my rag like the best of them in the change room. And quite a lot. <laughs> oh, that, like, but that, but it, that's, I think that's a bit different. That's like an air dryer treatment or <laughs> continually sort of, you know, bombarding people with negativity, which, yeah. you know, when they're trying to enjoy themselves in a community game, I think there's, there's got to be a balance to it. Exactly. And obviously, you mentioned before about, um, Swift moving on before we get to the scenario, Neil's scenarios. Um, <laughs> you Raging Bull, obviously, you, you're a big you're a big side of that thing. So obviously, I remember wearing Raging Bull when I was back with Ronin Warriors, obviously, yeah. a, few, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, it was it was Amber, you know, Canary and Royal, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So we, and, But then we had also, for the Mazars, we had the black and yellow as well. Yes. So... I'm, I'm keep, in, keep in touch. Keep in touch. I'll do you a great deal. <laughs> well, we're actually we're actually looking for some shirts, and um, well, there you go. Dodgers shirts, man. I knew there was a reason why I was sat here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a good kit. So if you your your kind of area of expertise, if you want to talk about that a little bit, and then uh, yeah, we'll get Neil to do scenarios. Yeah, it's just like when I, again when I came to professional rugby. Um, you know, one of my good friends, Phil Vickery, just started Raging Bull sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I was working for, at the time for a guy uh, who was the president of Long Island's Rugby Club. And um, that's it, yeah. And, I was uh, working uh, for him as well, York Construction, yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then, and, yeah, 
And then uh, he then tried to buy some kit off Raging Bull sort of thing. Didn't have a great experience. And then, it, but then he talked to Vix and say, you know, it, but basically they needed investment. And then he became an investor sort of thing in it. Mm. And then um, <laughs> I went from then, I went from there to, um, to Raging Bull and stayed there ever since sort of thing. You know, that's, and we developed it and developed it. And Rich is no longer involved uh, now sort of thing, or the president is no longer involved in it now. But, um, uh, you know, that was what, 14 years ago sort of thing. So, yeah. and yeah, we've gone, from strength to strength all over the years sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, we've got a sister company now called Harbour Sportswear. So, like, you know, they do all our, you know, anything from, you know, sportswear that is not rugby and, you know, schoolwear stuff and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, which has been a godsend in, in you know, in, in this sort of um, pandemic yeah. due to the fact that, you know, we can supply school still. Yeah, that's good. Well, with that, is it, I mean, has it been more difficult for yourself? Uh, have you sort of just switched to online or have you felt a massive impact of COVID to, to the business side of things? I think, yeah, I think, you know, um, uh, we've had to adapt massively, you know, yeah. and different things that we've done. We've done some work where we've done some running where we've done some different stuff like that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. we've done, you know, like I say, schools and, you know, we go right across the board and do different things. Um, do, you know, uh, we set up online shops for clubs and stuff like that so, and in sports clubs, which has been, you know, you know, a godsend really. Um, mm-hmm. One of our biggest... Um, uh, Doddy Weir and his foundation sort of thing we supply them and you know, that, you know that's great, been great for us um, and yeah and you know it's crazy because every time it goes on so like good morning TV sort of thing um, our, on- our online system nearly blows up because of all the people that <laughs> buy sort of thing so but yeah it, it is it is great for business and he's a great guy and it's a great charity so we're privileged to be involved in that and yeah. you know and, and that's again the reason why I love working for sort of Arbro and Raging Ball is the fact that um, you know you meet sort of like guys along the way that are like-minded people like they that I played with and you know it will be a teacher or a player or a captain do you know what I mean so you know yeah. it's 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 not like a job to me. It's sort of like a way of life, which is, you know, good to say. Yeah. On the nail. Well, yeah, no, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, funnily enough, they're related to Gloucester. Um, oh. uh, I'm going to th- ask you to throw a few players under the co- under the bus here that um, you, you played with at the time. Right. Who was the biggest prankster at Gloucester? Who was the, the, the most, the worst troublemaker? Uh, Ludio Mercia. Oh, really? Straight <laughs> in there. Yeah, he's painful. Right under that bus. What was it? What was the worst thing he did? What was the worst thing he did? Well, it was just daily sort of thing, like you know, just pissing about, moving your kit, and it was it wasn't one thing. He nagged at you. That's what I could say. It was boring as well. And, he, and he, his French humour didn't go down very well with somebody who comes from Gloucester. I don't think anyone's French humour goes down very well with anyone. Yeah. And obviously, being at the club for so long. Um, I imagine there must have been quite a few initiations down there. Um, what what was your initiation? Oh God, I, I haven't got that good a memory. In those days, the initiation was, I think, was just a drinking game sort of thing. The initiations there were a lot different, a lot different sort of thing. I remember Jason Little. We came in training. Jason Little just turned up from a World Cup winning uh, Australian centre, and and they've sort of like they've got him in there, and uh, he's put his. And we're all out training in the change room, but they've, they've dressed him in a Gloucester kit for a photo shoot sort of thing in the press conference yeah. afterwards. And uh, he had all his kit, he hung his kit. Because then everybody, you had to sit in the same spot. If, you, if anybody came in and, and got in your spot, was your it. clothes was going. So <laughs> so they, they basically filled up his, his brand new, lovely brown brogues with Vaseline. Sort of thing. Yeah. 
and then and then as and then the, the, in no, again in those days you had big baths sort of thing you fall up afterwards and there was no ice yeah. cold baths then sort of thing it was Love a lovely that. bubble bath sort of thing yeah. and, <laughs> and then we just sort of like sat on the side of the of the bath and just pushed full of you know uh, Vaseline is two bros out into the bath sort of thing so they was floating on top of the bath so we came in afterwards and he, he only lasted a year in Gloucester I don't know why though <laughs> I'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> just tantamount to bullying but no it's, it's yeah, yeah exactly well, there's well, well, that. Well, yeah well, the bullying well. thing in Gloucester and then was rife you wouldn't get away with it now so, well done yeah. for winning the World Cup <laughs> good luck yeah. fishing out your stuff you got to give them some shit, haven't you? You got to give them some shit, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I normally do pretty weird um, scenario questions, but I mean, we, we'll do the one as we're now back in a lockdown. We're in the first lockdown, the first season. I pretty much asked every guest the same question. Now, if you're you, you're a lockdown for two weeks, okay, literally housebound, people are bringing you food, um, you 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 can't leave the house at all, right? Um, you've got to be on lockdown with one player that you played with, right? Uh, yeah. Who would make an absolute living hell and why? Mark Cornwall. <laughs> right, okay. Straight away. Straight in there. <laughs> Mark Cornwall, because he, he complains when everything's... If, if he won a million quid, he has to have complained about it that he did a million <laughs> and won. So, uh, yeah, he, he complains. Uh, I don't think he's... He's very domesticated at the best of times sort of thing. So he'd be useless <laughs> in making food or doing any cleaning or anything like that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, it's got to be pasty. Yeah, he's... Yeah. he's... And, uh, and who would make it a dream? Who could you just breeze through two weeks with? Yeah, that's, I knew he was going to say that. And that's what I yeah. got. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 surely. Oh, I, I, well, I just have to say Tony Window then sort of thing. I mean, Tony yeah. Window's... Um, he was, you know, very, very well. Still is a very close friend of, you know, of mine. So, and we got on, we got on really well as well. So, you know, if you're going to be in a house with someone for two weeks, I guess yeah. the best thing you could do is get on with them. So, we, we, yeah. we got on really well. So, I'll, I'll go with Tony Window. Can well, I just yeah. go back to uh, just very quickly? Second name Cornwall, nickname Pasty. Yeah. <laughs> Where did that come from? How <laughs> great is that? Love that. Original. This is Gloucester, mind. This is Gloucester. <laughs> oh, just a big thanks, Andy. Yeah, yeah. thanks very no, much. Thanks for having me. Really fun. enjoyed it. Thank you.